0: Uh, Genesis, the 17th chapter this morning. God saying, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. To be your God and the God of your descendants after you. This morning I want to talk to you about covenants. What it means to be in a covenant relationship. Now we're talking here. Uh, initially about a covenant relationship with God. It's, it's It's a binding agreement that's intended to last no matter what happens outside and around it. And it's an amazing thing that God enters into a covenant with us. I mean, what he says to us is, if you will believe in me and turn from what you know is wrong. Uh, I will forgive you of your sins. I will bless you. I will give you eternal life. I mean, he makes these huge promises that he says he'll never back off of. And I got to tell you, as far as the covenant goes, we really get the better end of this deal. Big time. Because we have very little that we can give God, but he has so much that he can give to us if we will enter into a covenant with him. The... uh, uh Apostle, the Apostle Paul in Romans the 10th chapter describes the entering of that covenant. He says, if you will confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. So there's people who... Uh, say it with their mouths but they don't really believe it in their heart doesn't do them any good then there are people who secretly believe it in their heart but they never want to really admit it or say it with their mouths they say well it doesn't really matter I believe it in my heart no 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 you still have to say it you have to uh, confess Jesus in your life he says there's no difference between Jew and Gentile the same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call upon him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved The Apostle John, in his epistle, uh, talks about the, the covenant basis like this. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Again, we get the better end of this deal. We come to God, we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, he will cleanse us of our sins and make us right. In Hebrews, we read this, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After that time declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God. And they will be my people. This is God's covenant promise to us. And the beautiful thing about a covenant. Is that the outside circumstances that swirl around the covenant. Have no bearing on the covenant itself. The covenant is what holds us together. What happens out here does not affect this covenant. Paul writes about this in Romans. He says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor neither angels nor demons neither the present nor the future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That Is the power of the covenant. What happens out here cannot change what happens here. Because of God's promise and his faithfulness to us. This is what it means to be in a covenant relationship with God. Now, many of us are familiar with covenants uh, when it comes to the marriage covenant. Uh, Marriage is referred to as a covenant. It is a binding agreement for life. That is not changed by things that surround the covenant. And I'm so amazed at how often people will tell me that the covenant is at jeopardy, jeopardy because of things that surround it. It's what I call the difference between this and that. You're going to hear a lot of this and that this morning. You see, this is the covenant. What happens outside of it is that which is outside of this. And that should not have any bearing on this. Yet I'm stunned and amazed at how many people allow that to affect this and this falls apart. I don't quite understand it. I don't mean to be judgmental or cruel or heartless. But it's just something that's hard for me to grasp because when I married that redhead 125 years ago (laughs) we got into a covenant it was going to be about this we made an agreement that we would deal with that together and that that would have no bearing on this when we first got married we were incomprehensibly poor We had to look up and see what the poor people looked like in hopes of aspiring to poor someday. When we became Christians, we were hippies. And uh, those of you who remember the late 60s, early 70s, a lot of hippies out there, countercultural people, pot smoking, hairy creatures. That, uh, you know, just rebelling against everything. And then God started doing a wonderful thing in that generation. Some of you will remember it as the Jesus people movement and stuff like that, we were caught up in this wonderful experience when we found God and Jesus became so real to us and we basically became hippies for Jesus and uh, started serving God and uh, we weren't interested in material things, we just wanted to serve God and we gathered together with others and we were part of a group that traveled all over the United States and Europe, we did this for five years, preaching, sharing the love of God, having big meetings where thousands of people would come and it was great time, but we lived in tents. We traveled like a bunch of, you know, gypsies. And we did this, again, for five years. I tell people sometimes that when we first got married, we lived in a tent. I've had people say to me, oh, you mean for your honeymoon you went camping? No. We lived in a tent for the first year and a half. We were in a tent every day. Winter, spring, summer, and fall. It was in... A tent. There were mornings we'd have to take a candle and hold the flame up to the zipper to melt the ice so we could get out of the tent in the morning. We had little to nothing. We had no money, but it really never had any bearing on this because money's all about that. And while you don't want to be stupid, if you can't support yourself at some level, you have no business getting married but you parents be careful that you don't get sucked into the destructive cycle that all the pagans around us are telling to their kids which is the wait 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 till you're 37 before you get married wait 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 wait." until you have enough money i'm telling you hear me when i tell you this it's a terrible thing Again, support yourself, yeah, yeah, but when you set this standard, like all the pagans do, that you have to have X amount of money, what you're saying is, this cannot exist unless that is at a certain point. The problem with this, folks, is that changes. Has anyone noticed that that tends to change in life? Yes, there's times where that does extraordinarily, exceedingly well. There's times where that is quite miserable and if you've set out from the beginning that this cannot exist unless we have at least so much of that then when that starts to suffer and it will this begins to fall apart i talk to people all the time who tell me why this is failing and i say why is it because of that because of the because of the finances and again i don't mean to be cruel but i i go really You guys let that affect this. You let money affect this. I I I can't even relate to that. What does that have to do with this? It has nothing to do with this. This we decide we will do that together. Sometimes you suffer. Life gets hard. Even when we were hippies, we'd still suffer, even though we were used to having nothing. I remember one time we were in Amsterdam, Holland, and uh, living in our little tent with our band of people. We we traveled at one time, there was 250 of us traveling together. We traveled all over the world at times, holding these big meetings back in those days. But uh, we had finally upgraded. We were in an 8x10 tent. And, and had a uh, an air mattress. It was luxury city. You know what I'm talking about? And my darling redhead was eight months pregnant. And we're living in this little tent on this little air mattress. And it began to rain like crazy. Just flash flooding kind of rain. You know, it's bad when you start floating. <laughs> and we started floating on the air mattress and everything in the tent started floating and the suitcase was floating and all her little dealy bobs were floating around eight months pregnant and it was the first time I remember after marrying her that she cried now this is a big deal my wife is not a crier I can count on one hand maybe two in 37 years the time she has cried but she cried that night I'll cut her some slack She was pregnant, and we were floating. (laughs) But as upsetting and challenging as that was, it had no bearing on this. That was that. I'm always amazed by people who say this cannot succeed because of what that is doing. And I go, really? started to have children that will drive this crazy children and the challenges of children and all the things but even then I don't understand it I know some of you have been through it I'm not trying to make you feel bad I'm not trying to be self-righteous or anything I'm just trying to tell you I don't understand how that tears apart this we had children. It really had nothing to do with this. It doesn't tear apart this. This is this. You see, we, we made a promise in the beginning that we would do that together. All of that would be done together. It has no bearing on this. That will always change. There's seasons of life. The rugrats turn into toddlers and the toddlers turn into little kids and little kids turn into demon-possessed teenagers. And it's just all of it. But it it has no bearing on this. I remember failing in ministry. Now, this is a big deal for men to fail in their occupation I know women have a hard time relating to it sometimes but uh, uh, you have no idea how much a man draws his self worth from what he does for a living and when he starts to fail at what he's doing for a living men will struggle greatly and I was in the ministry and I was failing miserably I (laughs) couldn't seem to do anything right I got fired by one church, almost fired by another it was brutal, I was terrible at this This was not working for me. And I finally left the ministry when I was about 30 years of age. And uh, we never left the church. We just got out of the ministry because I I wasn't doing it well. I was failing. It was a struggling thing. And I struggled. And emotionally I was having a hard time. And I had a hard time. And some of you guys that have been going through this with some of this economic downturn, you know what I'm talking about. But I'm always stunned when I hear people say well this is a jeopardy now because of that I don't see what that has to do with this that has nothing to do with this This is always this we do this together and we face that we started our own business that's always a great joy those of you who started a business the great thing about starting Your own business is all the free time you have. (laughs) People think if I just have my own business, I can set my own hours. (laughs) Yeah, 24. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, you guys? Man, it's brutal, dude. It's brutal. It's tough. It's hard. We worked through it. It was—I got to tell you—it was probably the hardest time in my life. Despite all this, that was the worst, starting and surviving and seeing a business get through those early years and survive. It was, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. I don't have any enemies, but if I did have any enemies, I wouldn't wish it on them. It was the hardest experience of my life. We finally pulled through. But the whole time, it had nothing to do with this. This is a covenant. Covenant. How people can tell me that this is falling apart because they're so caught up in that. I, I, Again, I'm not trying to be mean. I just, I don't get it. I remember when the doctors told us that Debbie had cancer. For years, she had been asking these doctors about this little thing on her skin. They kept telling her, that's ah, nothing, it's nothing. Well, why don't you te- check it? Nah, it's nothing, it's nothing. I learned. If a doctor tells you it's nothing... Make him jagged. It's not going to kill him. Do a test for heaven's sakes. The kind of cancer she wound up with, if they had found it early, is one of the easiest forms of cancer to cure. Piece of cake. When it jumps to second, third, or fourth degree, you got some real problems. You're facing death. And Deb had, they couldn't decide if it was a third or fourth degree level of cancer because eventually they discovered that the thing they had said was nothing all of a sudden one doctor goes oops I I guess maybe it is something and by the time they discovered it it was so far it was a scary time for us I remember my wife doing chemo and she did a type of chemo that was quite brutal actually they check you into an uh, ICU unit and they keep you there for a week at a time because it'll take you close to death I mean that it wasn't regular chemo where you sit there and watch TV and do chemo. This is this is brutal. Most men couldn't handle it. Uh, women seem to do better. I think women just can handle pain more because they have to deal with us. But uh <laughs> don't clap, you rats. <laughs> preach it, brother, preach it. But uh In fact there were two other guys who tried the same treatment that week and both of them got in two days and it and quit they couldn't take it They did it for weeks and uh, finished the treatments and uh, it was brutal she would just swell up turn yellow all swollen up her face was so swollen up her eyes were just little slits she looked like a fat little Chinese woman and uh, that, that was hard life was set on his ear Nothing was normal anymore. Everything, everything was different. But it had no bearing on this. I'm also surprised how many times I hear people who say, yeah, well, this fell apart because he got sick or she got sick. And again, I'm not trying to condemn anyway. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I don't understand that. I go, really? Because we decided a long time ago that that will never have anything to do with this. In fact, did you ever notice that the marriage vows are all about how this deals with that? You get together and you say, we're going to do this for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health. Forsaking all others till death do us part. All of it. The vows at a wedding. is about identifying that. And saying that will never have anything to do with this. But people don't understand covenants. Pretty soon this starts to fail. Because of that comes in. I've been speaking to you all year about what it means to be a strong, healthy church. And I praise God we have come such a long way. And the church is in a better place than I have ever seen it. And I preached this morning not in reaction to anything. Things have never been better. I've been telling Pastor Lathan it's been such a joy to just come to church and not have to worry about stuff. Because there's so much more of this than there's ever been Before. But we want church to be a covenant experience. My prayer is that we'll become a family of faith. That covenants with each other. That this remains no matter what happens to that. How am I? Yes, amen. <clears throat> My heart longs for us not to be like most evangelical churches. Evangelical churches are great and then they emphasize... Really knowing God in your life and teaching the Bible and so many wonderful things. And and we're that kind of church. But when it comes to the culture of evangelical churches, so much of it I cannot stand. And probably the part I despise the most is that it's an atmosphere where the church, the atmosphere where the church and the pastor is always on trial where people will only accept this as long as that is to their liking. And evangelical churches are famous for this. People telling other pastors and churches to stick it as they go from here to there and I'm not going to be there anymore because that's not the way I think it should be. We're not going to do this because of what happened to that. You change that. How dare you change that? We're not going to do this anymore because of that and I'm just so sick of it. I thank God we don't have that going on in here anymore but we want to make sure we don't have that kind of nonsense I feel bad for pastors you talk to them, a lot of them just live in fear they live in constant fear of losing their jobs because if they don't do that just right it's over we get people like that coming through here one wrong word and this is off and I'm not exaggerating I can show you emails of people who have gotten away from this because of one word or threatened to leave this if another word like that is ever spoken again and really? that's how weak this is? it just takes a little bit of that and this is off? They have no concept no concept of a covenant relationship in church one bad sermon you can always tell people, you know, checking out the church, they're checking out the sermon. I don't know if that was really biblical. I don't know if you're really biblical, pastor. If you're they you know, you're constantly on trial with these people. If you don't quote X amount of scriptures, then they're mad. Or if you just quote just enough, then they're happy. And everything's always about how that is done. As long as that is the way I like it, then, then, then we'll do this. There's lots of people, obviously, who visit our church. I'm sure a lot of visitors here this morning. We're so glad that you're here. But uh, if you're one of these people that's considering becoming part of this as long as you're waiting for that to get just right, (laughs) save yourself the energy. Because we're not really all that concerned about the that's, okay? we're more concerned about this, being a family together we might change a program, we might do this, that or the other you might have a series of absolutely miserable sermons so what? one awful worship service, oh the world comes to an end, oh, the worship service, the music was terrible God has left the building God has left. The spirit of God is gone. It's gone. Why? They had three services of just terrible songs. It's gone. Really? Man, we should be able to do six months of just terrible services around here. And it should have no bearing on this at all. How many of you by the raising of your hand would admit you cannot sing to save your life? Let me see your hand. We should have you lead worship next Sunday. seriously part of me just wants to find all you guys let you up here and sing for a while just to get rid of all the people who can't stand when that isn't right don't let the door hit you on the way out Bye. are you kidding me we should be able to just have awful services the pastor doesn't know what he's talking about and the singers are tone deaf and the band is on a different key than that other part of the band should have no bearing on anything. Now we don't do that. We try to do the very best we can at all our campuses. One of the things about this church is there's a high level of excellence. But good grief. Who cares if everything isn't just perfect all the time. You know I kind of envy some of the mainline traditional churches. Not in the fact that they have let church become about just rituals and stuff, and they've really lost the reality of God. That, that I don't envy at all, but what I do envy about them is they have a real sense of this. They're very committed. You know, you can talk to someone in a mainline traditional church, and they'll say, Oh, our pastor is horrible. <laughs> really? Oh, he's horrible. Or he can't preach to save his life. I don't know what he's talking about up there. I fall asleep as soon as he starts preaching. This is a, it's like a drug to me. He's just yeah he's been oh he's always been awful really how long has he been there twenty years <laughs> and when I hear that I can't help but smile and go man I wish we had some of that why they have no intention of going anywhere because they understand their commitment is to this that pastor will eventually die. has no bearing on this. I'm telling you what I'm talking about. This is no small deal because the vast majority of evangelical Christians, and I dare say it even pulls at some of you, when that isn't just right, you're wanting to get out of this or the reason you won't even become a real close part of this is because that isn't just right and let's get past that. How about we just agree to do that together? and we'll be a family together and we won't always agree on everything and sometimes you'll hear great preaching and other times you'll have my brother and then you know you just gotta... (laughs) (laughs) And, and you think it doesn't matter it's not about that it's about this, being a family, being a covenant church So we can change the world. Look at the New Testament church. It said all the believers were one in heart and mind. They were a covenant church. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own. That's how close they were. But they shared everything they had. And with great power the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And much grace was upon them all. Now next Sunday. We are going to be not meeting here, we're going to be meeting at the KI Center at 10.30 which will be 11.30 to your bods because of the clocks. So remember to roll the clock back, get an extra hour worth of sleep and be down there as we celebrate all together. And what we're going to be celebrating is this and focusing on all of us being a family of faith where we will really be together with each other. But we are asking people to help us with our Support the Vision campaign. What is Support the Vision? Support the Vision is about dealing with that. Okay? The bills, the challenges, and the stuff that we all face. But it's just that. And no matter what happens to that, this will still be here. Now we're encouraging everyone to get involved in part of this so that we can face that together and we have been encouraging people to get involved and we can see where we're at today support division commitment update the East Green Bay campus where you are right now only 37 percent of the people have bothered to fill out a card West Green Bay is 48 percent Appleton slipped back to 41 and Stevens Point is kicking all of our butts At 58%. Now this has nothing to do with money. This is just the percentage of people. Who filled out a card and said. Yes. I'll be part of this. And we will do that together. This is how much I can do to help with that. Now we're suggesting. And asking for people to trust God. For a gift of $100, $300 or $500. Some of you can add a zero to that. One family came to me and said, we will match the first $12,000, dollar for dollar. They're going to give 12 grand. So the first 12 that comes in, that's an automatic $24,000. My wife and I will be adding a zero to one of those numbers because we can. Some of you can't do that. Some of you, where you're at, you're going to have to take a zero off. The most you can do is $10, $30, $50. And some of you who are really hurting Got to get rid of all the zeros. The most you can do is a dollar, three dollars, or five dollars. It's all right. We're not going to publish this like the Catholic Church does. You know, at the end of the year, they put it in those little books so you can see how cheap everybody is. You know what I'm saying? God bless the Catholics. We're not picking on you. you know what I'm saying? We're, no one's going to know. I won't even know. I don't look at these things. What I do look at is how many are saying, I'll be part of this to help that. The weakest campus is this one right here. Pretty much seven out of every ten people so far has said, I ain't filling it out. I ain't going to fill it out. That would be like these people filling it out and everybody else not. Come on, guys. Be part of this. Take that card. How many got the card with you right now? Take that card and fill it out. Do something everybody can do. Say, well, I can't do much. Well, then you can't do much, but don't do nothing. At least say, I'll be part of this. I want to be part of this. Now, obviously, if you're a visitor or not part of this, we're not talking to you, you can sit there and stare at us, but the rest of you who are part of this, fill out the card, for heaven's sakes. Do it today. Do it right now. Take a pen. I don't see anybody. I should see 7 out of every 10 people writing right now. (laughs) Take a pen. Take the card. Fill out the card. I don't care if you're young, old, tall, short, chubby or thin. Everyone should fill out a card. Do as much as you can to help us deal with that. But the most important thing to me at this point is that you're saying, I will be part of this. All right, while you're doing that, I'm going to have the ushers come, and we're going to get ready to serve communion. Have you ever heard a sermon with so many this and that's in all of your life? <laughs> I'm exhausted just saying it over and over again. All right. Now we're going to change the subject. I don't know, I'll probably still say it. Because we're about to take Communion this is what it's all about (laughs) knowing jesus how are you part of this covenant that we talked about in the beginning this wonderful thing that we do in communion is about reflecting and committing to this covenant between you and god do you know god have you experienced god in your life or is it just off in the distance remember if you will believe in your heart and say it with your mouth and reach out to god he will forgive you of your sins and covenant with you so that you can face life not by yourself but with God right there with you why would he do that? because it's part of the covenant it's part of the agreement well I'm not perfect I've got problems I got you know the beauty of this is that doesn't change this but you've got to start with this I'm going to invite everybody to bow your heads in a word of prayer and we're going to pray a prayer together if you've never truly reached out and asked God into your life this morning, you can do that with us as we pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God and that you love me so much, you went to the cross and you took my punishment. I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me of my sins. I believe it in my heart and I say it with my mouth. I now surrender myself to you. Amen.